This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm actually scared out of my mind right now, Josh. <laughs> I just came in from outside. It's Halloween the night we're recording this episode and I saw some kids out there. They were dressed in costumes like they were FPL managers that Captain <laughs> Troy Deeney over the weekend. So, Brandon, when we had our, la- our podcast last week, you had, you had two free transfers, a, a real luxury, and you were going to bring in Joe Allen, you were going to bring in Trey Dini, and you were going to captain Trey Dini. How did that all work out? All right, I have a confession to make, Josh. So, last week when we were recording the podcast, I said, I'm bringing in Dini and Joe Allen. At the time of the recording, Joe Allen had already gone up in price, and I knew I couldn't afford him. Okay. <laughs> But I just wanted to, A, act to the listeners like I knew what I was doing, and uh, B, kind of scare you going into the weekend that I was going to have these, yeah. two, these two heavy hitters, Deany and Allen. Right, right. So, yeah, as, as it turned out, I could not afford to bring Joe Allen in. I got Deany in for uh, my main man, Sam Vokes. And then mm-hmm. I found myself crawling the forums in a drunken stupor on Friday night, and some kind young soul took me in on the Transfer Hub Facebook forum and said, hey, have a look at uh, Darun on Middlesbrough. He's our Middlesburger. He's 4.3 pounds, and uh, it looks like he's nailed on at the moment. And I chose... So I had this decision to make, and I'm interested to know what you would do in this situation, Josh. So okay. I had $4.8 million to spend on a, a, four, a fifth midfielder. Okay. Do you go with the logic of just go as cheap as possible with the expectation that you're just going to play this fifth midfielder this one week, and then you're going to bury him for the rest of the season, and you want as much money as possible, or do you spend all the 48 to get somebody in like Conte, who right. you know is not a big FPL asset, but but could, worst case scenario, get you three points. I tend to have a fifth player who does not play that often. 
Uh, it's actually come back to haunt me a little bit this season, though, uh, because I've had I've, I've had kind of an injury riddled team. And there are times when I wish I did not have Darren Fletcher as my fifth midfielder, a player who I don't even know how he never gets like th- this guy will never pick up more than two points or, th- or I guess three points if he gets a clean sheet bonus. I mean, is he not even on corner kicks like somehow, you know, Etienne Capu scored like five goals in a row as a defensive midfielder. <laughs> and you know, Joe Allen is like scoring like, you know, he's getting like a hat trick every match now. <laughs> You'd think uh, that at well, some point Fletcher would have this kind of run. He is like the ghostly Gareth Barry. He's got his like <laughs> s- s- sunken eyes. And uh, I, I understand the man was very sick for a long period of time. And it's, it's like a minor miracle that he's back playing in the Premier League. But yeah, yeah. he he's just, uh, he's a ghostly FPL asset. I mean, I can't remember ever actually seeing him kick the ball in the match. It's like every time he touches the ball, he's off screen somehow. He's just there on the field to legislate with the referee <laughs> whenever there's a dead ball. Yeah, I think in general it, it does behoove you to have it. I mean, I, I think a lot of managers are actually lucky this year because they brought in Kapua as their as their fifth midfielder, and uh, I know he hasn't really done anything in the last several weeks, but for a long time there, he had a. 4.5 million guy who you were, you were happy to start, you know, most game weeks. So this is the true insanity. I bring in Darun, and suddenly that promotes Kapu to my uh, fourth midfielder, which Kapu is already like, you shouldn't even have him in your team at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely had... Uh, dreaming of wild of winter wild cards right now but it feels like this this feels like the season of the of the like hidden injury you know like you know, twice i mean so darun is was injured on saturday no one knew about it uh valencia had a broken arm which nobody knew about as far as i'm concerned I, there was no talk anywhere that i saw that antonio valencia had broken his arm it's a broken arm i feel like people would notice <laughs> a broken arm like some some inside mole or or just a general journalist uh, or a Joe Schmo walking down the sidewalk. Yeah, I mean, were they were they so concerned that Burnley would like figure them out if they announced the broken arm of Antonio Valencia that they had to keep it, you know, absolutely. I mean, this is like, I don't know, like it's it's yeah, it was a it was a huge cover up. Like all all of all of Manchester United was apparently involved in this. So how many theories are out there that uh, Jose Mourinho just broke Valencia's arm in the lo- in a rage in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, like it's like the hair dryer treatment gone too far. <laughs> exactly, like Jose <laughs> just turns into Steven Seagal all of a sudden and gives Valencia a com- compound fracture in his forearm. All right, uh, so Brandon, I, that, that's enough. That's enough Mourinho talk. That's that's enough off-topic conversation. Hey, so the Darun thing really really ended up screwing me in the end, Josh, because we ended up tying in our fifty buck cup at sixty four points apiece. So the fact that I got no minutes from the the midfielder I drafted in just just um, screwed my game week. The, the yeah, only good I mean, thing I did was captain Sergio Aguero. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's an, one of those game weeks where you know I had I kept in Lukaku, which which turned out okay in the end. I mean considering considering how bad it looked, uh, you know, on Saturday night. Um, but yeah, it's one of those game weeks where you get you know goal and assist from your captain. You know, I got two two goals and assist from Aguero. I got uh, you know goal from Firmino. I got two assists from Coutinho, uh, and somehow the week still feels like a massive disappointment uh, at sixty four points, which is you know a little like I have a green arrow, but it's not a very big one right now. And um, you know it's just kind of a it's it's been kind of a frustrating season. 
and I know a lot of people feel the same way. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of agita right now on the, on the, on the Twitters. Are you seeing this, this agita, Brandon? Oh yes, without a doubt. I mean, there, there's, there are more meltdowns of the week, um, on a week on week basis. And there's a general feeling for me and, uh, it's tough cause we put our, put ourselves in a position where we like to help people out with their teams, but everything seems a lot like a lottery at the moment. And I then started thinking about, well, lotteries aren't meant to be bad. Like lotteries <laughs> make so much money for our governments. Like people love playing the lottery. The lottery yeah. is a lot of fun. So maybe that makes the metaphor apt, but I yeah, guess the that way, also means we yeah. should be having more fun. <laughs> we should be having uh, this is fun. The podcast is fun. The way I see it, you know, if you go you know, if you learn from a tennis coach, you know, sometimes that you know, tennis coaches coaching high school players even better than the, the you know, the, the 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 guy that he's coaching is better than the actual tennis coach. But the tennis coach can can talk through decisions and they can talk about the psychology and they can talk about, you know, it's like making a game plan and they can, you know, they can do all this stuff, even if they can't execute on the field. And sometimes sometimes I think that's I mean, not that I think we're you know, we're both we're both very serious good players, but I think sometimes what's what we do in this podcast well is just we just talk everything through. You know, we just we do we walk through the decisions, you know, and at the end of it, you know, we don't really know if Aguero is a better choice than than, you know, Sanchez for a game week. It's it's very hard to tell. You know, like we don't we don't you don't know that the ball is gonna fall to Aguero. You know, because, you know, Sutherland's going to completely collapse in like a 10 minute stretch in the 70th minute of a match. You know, I mean, it's these things can't really be predicted. But oh, you can I sort was, of talk, I was kicking talk myself through. that we weren't the podcast that was that just changed our name to uh, Gunduan uh, FPL Weekly. <laughs> then we really would have uh, drawn in the listeners, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, James Drury says, uh, how much time do you feel you waste on average game week checking your team and your score? Uh, and then Aiden Green chimed in and said, and your opponent's scores? <laughs> and I know Aiden chimed in because James and Aiden were locked in Mortal Kombat in our AC Showstoppers head-to-head league over the weekend. Uh, first and second place battling. Um, and I think Aiden pulled it out with uh, Joe Allen. Um, yep, he did. Um how much time do I waste? I'll tell you this. If I'm having a terrible week, I waste like no time because I don't even <laughs> want to open up the app on my phone. Seriously. If I'm having a great week, yeah, like I, no one can even get my attention or hold my attention for more than 30 <laughs> that's seconds. So, that's so true. God, if I have a great week, I listen to every podcast that's out there. I'll, you know, I'll listen to like nine, like nine soccer podcasts, a bunch of FPL podcasts. I'll listen to, I'll read a million articles. Um, it's like a, being a good, being good, like actually makes me even, like, I, I keep getting better as a result of it. You know, like it makes me more excited. It's true. And, the, uh, the yeah. football weekly podcast popped up on my phone this morning and I was like, I know exactly what they're going to say about everything. I can't listen to this crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, but I feel like when it's going bad, it's actually, it's hard for me to read any articles about it. It's hard for me to really focus on the game. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you just gotta find something, you know. And almost any, this is why it's useful to be in like a million different leagues. Yeah. Uh, I'm in, I'm in the New York Football Factory uh, league. This head, this is this huge bar, this kind of network of bars in New York, and uh, I am somehow number one overall in that. Are league. you still undefeated? I think I'm nine one and zero oh, or something like that. I think I have like one try, but I'm otherwise undefeated, and. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So like I I've got like, I've got that going on. I'm I'm beating uh, you know, I'm winning our 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 50 buck cup 
You know, so you just got to like break these things. They got to find something to enjoy. Maybe you're not going to win your mini league, but you can, you can win a head to head league. Or maybe, maybe, you know, in game week 18, you like pick a friend and you guys start your own little 50 buck cup or something, you know, just, yeah, there's always something. Here's a fun little know, competition. There's, there's actually, some, field, some to make it fun. actually field a full 11. That's, that's going to be my new fun thing to do. I actually <laughs> managed to get 11 players into my FPL yeah. squad on, yeah. in a game week. So we had an interesting week. It was an interesting week overall. It was a pretty high scores, I'd say, in general. I mean, it's the kind of week where you could actually crack 100 points, which is uh, usually, given that there was no player who had an Aguero, cap, you know, five-goal performance, it's, it's kind of impressive that some, some managers were able to do this. And, and, one, and of those, uh, one of those managers was actually in the Hail Cheater Super League. Yeah, so let's let's get right to it. Okay, so I'll run through the top 10 here real quick. Okay, so in first place in the Hail Cheaters Super League, it's Mitch Maynard, our uh, Photoshop extraordinaire. Josh, you just posted a new Photoshop from Mitch on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, can you describe it for us? I, it's, it's actually kind of hard to describe. It's 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 fascinating and and kind of disturbing at the same time. It's it's appropriate for Halloween. <laughs> yes. uh, I recommend that you go to uh, facebook.com slash always cheating and check it out for yourself. All right. So congratulations to Mitch. Still at uh, uh, t- uh, first place, eighty three points on the game week, six hundred and twenty two total points. Second place, it's a team Arshan Batwala, eighty points on the game week. In third. Heat and me for Mignole. It's William Sutton's team, and he scores the biggest point haul at 113 points. Extraordinary. Well done, Will. Truly extraordinary. Let me just take you through this real quick. Heaton and goal, Williams and Stone's clean sheets, Captain Sanchez, Joe Allen, Coutinho, Firmino. In the front, he's got Defoe, Lukaku, and Aguero. So uh, that's, that's just a huge, huge game wake. Fourth place, David Felheim, the Cuddly Koalas, 70, 71 points this game week. Fifth place, Lamella's Gloves, James Slauson. I think that's a new entry for us. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't remember a Slauson. I don't remember Lamella's Gloves, but I know he is a, he is a dainty player and, and can't have his, his digits uh, <laughs> his, his digits be cold. All right, so that's 92 points on the game week for James Slauson. Sixth place, it's Kem Vardar Derbatilis. I know this is a skin condition you continue to struggle with. Yeah, Uh, one day I'll I'll beat it, Brandon. (laughs) All right, seventh place, Sound of the Pulis. That's Ryan Dale's wonderfully named team. 88 points on the game week. Eighth place, Raj Atwal, Raj and their club. 93 points in the game week. Well done, Raj. And we have a three-way tie for ninth place, which fills out our top ten. This is kind of incredible. Fabio Borges, uh, great-grandson of the legendary uh, uh, writer uh, Jorge Luis Borges. Is that right, Jorge Luis? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Incredible to have uh, the kin of Borges in our in our <laughs> top ten. she's <laughs> clean sheets there, eighty seven points on the game week. Also tied at tenth place, Cortoba FC, Fahad El Takar squad, seventy five points on the game week, and rounding out the top ten, Onion Baggers, Jamie mm-hmm. Robinson's team, big well ninety seven points. Yeah, new entry in the top ten, I believe. Another new entry, and it bears mentioning also all three of those managers uh, in ninth place have 600 points, and uh, guest co-host of the Always Cheating podcast, Ben Madison, Thierry Ennui, 
He's in 12th place now, also on 600 points. So there, there Ben is representing where we ought to be as actual hosts of Always Cheating. <laughs> well, let's hope he doesn't get his own podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> All right, so we'd had to, uh, those are the managers that are doing well. Um, were there any uh, managers that did especially poorly and had a meltdown on social media? Well, we didn't really have any 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 good meltdown of the week nominees this week. I, th- I think a lot of people did that performed pretty well in general. I mean, even even with sixty four points, I mean, I, I feel I'm pretty disappointed. I mean, really, it, it just came down to uh, Friday morning when uh, I found out that Nacho Monreal and Theo Walcott, my two Arsenal players, are both not going to be playing on Saturday, uh, which meant that my transfer that was going to replace Antonio with with Coutinho. Ended up becoming a Walcott to Coutinho move instead, and um, you know, and then I ended up picking up one point from uh, Antonio. And you know, I didn't. I, okay, I, I guess I'll I'll have the the mini meltdown of the week. And it You're was, having it, really, it right now, Josh. <laughs> I am having it right now. Well, I, you know, I was I had camped in. Uh, it's it's kind of you know it, it's. I don't even know. Is it a meltdown? I don't know what it is exactly. It's more of a. Um, We're just talking. All right, it's not a meltdown so much as you're you're laying down on the couch, and I'm sitting here studying you <laughs> and got a cold to- cold compress on my forehead. Yeah, exactly. So Sergio Aguero has been um, like in and out of the lineup for um, for Manchester City the last few weeks. He has uh, been you know trying to track back more, trying to become more of a more of a two way player, you know, as as fits um, Pep's team. And um, as a result of that, he's been racking up yellow cards. He's been um, missing penalty. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if missing penalties has anything to do with. Maybe he's exhausted when he when he finally gets the penalty. He's been. Um, not not you know a particularly lethal striker and um just hasn't been playing very well in general and this has been true for several weeks now so uh naturally because he's a great player he finally turns it around away to a pretty good defense in west brom i mean west brom is not a they're not an especially good team uh but the kind of team that can frustrate good opposition they've done it many times before uh so when aguero starts raining these goals on saturday morning classic and you, aguero goals too like uh, like through the five hole a postage yeah. stamp just yeah. unstoppable goal yeah and i've got aguero on my team i mean you know I, I, you captain him but i i was I was still fine with it. I had the cock of the next day. Uh, but people, there was like a, a weird, like, revenge meltdown on Twitter or something where people were yelling at other people. Not even like they were just yelling into the sky. It wasn't like they were like <laughs> adding people. And they're just like, if you didn't captain Aguero, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you dropped Aguero this week, you make me sick. And it was just going on like this. And I was like, who are you even mad at? It's like you're so <laughs> proud of yourself for stubbornly sticking with Aguero week in and week out. I mean, I mean first these of all, are the same like, people that we, that we talk about who have the, uh, the really low res screen grab of Aguero <laughs> triple captain as their Twitter header. Right, exactly. And like, it's not like, I mean, I, I certainly debated, you know, captain and Aguero this, this game week. He was my vice captain. Um, I, I went with Lukaku instead cause I just like that, that home fixture to, to West Ham. But, I, I just I don't know when things go well for me. My inclination is not to start yelling at other people, you know. And it was just a. And I guess I'm just when turning things go well for me. My first instinct is to just sit, um, <laughs> and, and sit in, in just self satisfaction. I don't have to. I don't have to share it with anybody. It's all about <laughs> it was, me in that situation. Yeah. And it was just. I guess it made me feel like I was a hundred years old, or like because I, I was just. I was just watching this. Like I felt like a sociologist or something. And I wasn't even like part of. I was just like, what is going? Why is there like a meltdown going on 
about how well that Aguero's doing. Yeah, yeah. And the meltdown is like people yelling at other people about not having him on their team or something. It was just very strange. It's tro- It's just troll culture. You don't spend yeah, enough time online. Or, or you, you need to play more video games, Josh. Like, there, <laughs> yeah, I guess just, I do. There's a, there's a whole... There's a whole lot of people out there that that's just how they get their yayas, and that's I know. know that's that's what it is. They're they're they're, they're Trump supporters. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, not really a meltdown, but uh, speaking of things being being in the downward trajectory, as in being thrown down. Andy Lakeman on Twitter asks, "Who will be thrown down the bleach well today, boys?" Now, I don't I don't uh, recall if you guys remember last week. Uh, which we were talking about the bleach well in which Johan Kabaye was thrown down, which I guess, like in hindsight, Kabaye's hair isn't so much bleached like like the <laughs> the likes of Messi and Arnautovic, right? But but it's blonder. Like, is it just me? Did you watch any of that Palace game? Like, his hair is a different color, and it's not quite. It's kind of like. His wife said, you don't need to go to the stylist and get that bleach thing. Like, I can do it myself here at home. Yeah, it's like it's a homemade, like, Vegeta from uh, <laughs> from uh, um, from Dragon Ball Z or something. It doesn't quite work for me, but, you know, that's that's fine. You know, if that's if that's what – he's French. You know, he know, he probably knows more about style than I'll than – I'll, he's forgotten more about style than I'll ever know, Brandon. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think this week, Game Week, was a good reminder for everyone who forgot about what Aaron Ramsey did to his head uh, before the Euros – and he's mm-hmm. he's still hanging on to a little bit of that bleach blonde hair, and he was letting he he was letting it glow on uh, international television over the weekend. I'm convinced that something happened with Aaron Ramsey. When Aaron Ramsey dyed his hair, he transferred his essence over to Joe Allen. And so is this, this is, is this a new theory? Like, so it used to be whenever jo, whenever uh, Aaron Ramsey scored a goal, somebody died, and. Yeah. Oh, so instead of somebody being dyed, his hair was dyed, <laughs> which cast yeah. a whole new spell. Like what you're saying, and it, it passed. It passed. It, he, it passed the curse to Joe Allen. Now somebody yeah. needs to get on the internet and find out if anyone has been dying because of Joe Allen goals. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's. I think. I think you you finally nailed it, Brandon. We cracked the case. Yeah. All right, Josh, enough of this nonsense. Let's just take a quick break, reset. We're going to come back and have a real discussion about uh, the team du jour, uh, Chelsea. All right. Same old podcast, always shading. Brandon, there's a club that we have not talked about nearly enough on this podcast over the, over the first you know, nine, ten weeks of the season. And I think... I think there's a lot of bias based on how they played last year and how disappointing they were uh, for so many fantasy managers, and that is Chelsea Football Club or Chelsea FC, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I think that the I think this was the weekend in which the curse of last season, or at least the the lingering doubts caused by last season, were broken. Now everyone's legitimately talking about Chelsea as. I don't think anyone's talking about them as title contenders at this point, but in, as far as fantasy assets go, it's totally legit. Like all we we all got m- minor burns from Hazard earlier early this season because you know both you and I yeah. had him when he sort of looked like he was going to come back into form and then and then he fell away again. But now it looks like we're getting to a place where Chelsea is not going to. Uh, 
is not going to fail. I don't know. How, I don't know. I think you actually can go ahead and call them title contenders at this point. I mean, given how they played against Man United and then on the road to Southampton, I mean, a Southampton team that gave Manchester City all kinds of trouble last week and they, they throttled them. I mean, they, you know, granted, I think that Chelsea is a team that was uniquely well positioned to take advantage of of the, the defensive problems that uh, that um, Southampton are, are struggling with right now. I mean, I just think that they're really, uh, they brought back an, you know, an out of form Ryan Bertrand this game week, but he really wasn't ready to play. Uh, Kuka Martina is not the answer. And, um, but, you know, Chelsea looked really good this game week and, you know, two players in particular, well, okay. So two attacking players and then kind of the whole defense looked really good. And they're basically I actually, like the most well-rounded team in the league, yeah. as far as I can tell at the moment from, Front to back and in the midfield, like you look at other title contenders, quote, like Liverpool or Manchester City, those teams are both really struggling with defense, even though their midfield and their attackers seem to be in line. And then there's Arsenal that they're they're really quality, but there is a flaky element in every spot in that uh, field for Arsenal. And then you have Chelsea and they they look super organized and and all, all over the pitch. So what about that? The move to the three-five-two formation seems to have brought the best in everybody. I mean, Gary Cahill suddenly looks good. Uh, David Louise is. I don't know if he's really. I, I don't know if I've seen a lot from Louise, but he certainly hasn't been making Louise type mistakes, right? Um, it looks like it looks like he at this point it looks like Louise wasn't. He was brought in on purpose. Like he wasn't brought in as a as an alternate or a second choice central yeah, defender. Yeah. And then you got Victor Moses, uh, who looks fantastic, uh, along with um, along with two two defenders who we wanted to highlight here a little bit in particular, uh, Cesar Azpilicueta and um, and Marcus Alonso. Uh, now, Brandon, you pulled a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, data on these two players. I did. You know, I did talk a, about that a little bit. Yeah, I did a stats comparison of both of these guys side by side on Fantasy Football Scout, which you know that you, you don't need me to do that for you, assuming you have a membership. <laughs> But um, what was really striking when you compared the two of these guys, because I think if you're looking at the Chelsea defense, Aspilicueta and Alonso are the two most appealing options right now. I mean, for one, Aspilicueta has gotten bonus points in all four of the last four matches for Chelsea. I mean, granted, it's one, one bonus, one bonus, one bonus, and then two bonuses against Southampton over the weekend. But then there's Alonso, who in the last four matches... He's played 90 minutes in all of them, but hasn't received a single bonus point. However, if you compare these guys' stats side by side, Alonso comes ju- ahead just slightly, and it's all because of goal threat. So if you compare uh, things like touches in the penalty area, Aspilicueta hasn't had any in the last four weeks, whereas Alonso has had 12. And then you look at goal attempts, you've got seven from Alonso. It's it's zero from Aspie. Uh, goal attempts in the box, zero from Aspie. Headed goal attempts, zero. Even Alonso has one headed goal attempt. The, the way I read this is Alonso looks like he probably has a goal coming to him, you know, in the next yeah, month or, or two. Assist. Yeah. A goal or an assist, whereas Aspilicueta is sort of nailed for BPS at the moment, the way he's playing, so right. it, be, it becomes a decision. And we and we and we know he has assists and goals, at least assists in him. You know, yeah, just give no, it's, that's not to say that Dave won't assists. get them either. He's he mm-hmm. he does get forward out. He does get down that wing. Um, so the the striking thing to me is Aspilicueta's bonus point output, 
But the fact is, Alonzo is uh, just a huge differential at this point. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's it's still too early to really get too down the road with differential talk. But I mean, I, I know that there are there's, there are already some managers who are looking at who are staring on the barrel of a you know hundred point deficit in their mini league and. That's if you're facing 100 points down. I mean, you can already, you know, in your, in, it's a cash league, or you know, you need to find, start finding sure. differentials. Sounds like you're asking for a friend here, Josh. Well, or maybe, or maybe you just, you're just, you know, I mean, Alonzo is literally one tenth of a million cheaper. Maybe you just all you have is 5.9 million yeah. uh, to bring in a player. I mean, it's a dilemma that you know it doesn't doesn't seem like it would happen, but it happens to all of us all the time. You know, I'm. Yeah, and this is, for this me, is the difference it was between Joe Allen. Yeah, and for me, it was it was Montreal and Steph Kashelny a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, a, a situation that that continues to to hurt me. Uh, so you know, I think um, if that were the case, I would feel. I, I guess that. My takeaway from this, Brandon, is that either one is a is a player worth owning, right? Yeah, I mean, Espelicueta only has eleven point three percent ownership, so that that's not low. But I look at our mini league, and there are still virtually no one in our mini league of twenty managers has a Chelsea defender. So I think if you get on board with Espelicueta even now, he'll he will still help you run up the ranks. But still, yeah. Marcus Alonso, 0.6% ownership. So thereby definition of differential. Yeah, I, I agree. So, And if this were game week 34, I think we'd be all in on Alonso. Um, right. You know, because because we're going into game week 11. You know, I mean, you still, even if you're down 100 points, I mean, you got, you got 28 weeks to go. You know, a ton of time. Uh, it's probably safer just to go with, with Aspilicueta. Okay, so those that's defense. What about attacking options? Yeah. So, um, well, actually, and, you know, defense. You know, the, the kind of the impetus for this whole conversation, just to, just to credit him, was was Anders uh, on Twitter who said uh, Chelsea has four clean sheets back to back. Best pick out of their squad is it Alonso? And I think that um, I think we'd we'd kind of settle on uh, Aspilicueta there. So anyway, uh, on to the attack. Uh, El Magico on Twitter says, uh, Josh, will you consider will you consider Hazard or is it a no go after letting you down so many times last season? Josh, do we have a go or a no go on Hazard? Well, it's it's a it's a probable go, and <laughs> that is not how NASA launches space shuttles. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me explain my dilemma to you. I really want to get rid of Raheem Sterling. I hate that I still have him on my team. Uh, I've been wanting to get rid of him for a while now, but the fixtures have been too good. Um, yeah, to get rid of really had, faded away. Um, it's it's incredible. He and he actually looked okay in in, in the match over the weekend. I mean, he was, yeah, you know, he, he stung the keeper's palms a couple times, and he, you know, Ben Foster uh, kind of saved his best for Raheem Sterling, mm-hmm. but. And also, Nolito kept getting in the way of balls, which is really annoying too. I think he would have had like a goal or an assist if Nolito hadn't like gotten his head in the way. So, if this is like an '80s uh, high school movie, like uh, like Karate Kid, where there's a bad guy, Nolito is definitely like oh, the totally. guy who hangs out with the with the major bully. He's got the total like Diego Costa in 2015 playbook going right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, so. Okay, so Sterling, Man City are home to Middlesbrough next weekend. Do I and and um, and Chelsea host um, they host Everton at home. So do yeah. I do I stick with Sterling at home to Middlesbrough, uh, or do I move over to Hazard and kind of ride ride the hot hand, informed player? Oh, oh it's a really this, tough call. I don't know if it's a tough call. I mean, you okay? So this is this is getting a bit into the weeds with your team, but you also have an Antonio size problem in your midfield. <laughs> I do, but I, I can't afford to turn Antonio into Zard. 
And his well, art is the move I really want to make right now because I'm already I'm already doubled up on Liverpool. I've got Coutinho and Firmino. Um, I'm about to incept you with something that's going to haunt your dreams for the rest of the week. Okay, Antonio to Victor Moses. No, no, that I don't trust. I mean. Moses, I mean, I like Moses, and I, I like. I can I like hear it in your voice. You're kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, he's five point five million. He started the last four matches. He's had two goals and one assist on the season. Uh, so I think that okay. Here's my. I think my dilemma will resolve itself because if Raheem Sterling plays the full ninety to Barcelona in the Champions League this this week, I don't think that he will start at home to Middlesbrough on the weekend. I think he started quite a few matches coming out of the last international break. He's going to be away to play for England. I'm sure he will, unless they invent some injury for him. Um, so I think that that is yeah, a Middlesbrough real is a, is a match that uh, Jesus Navas was born to play in. I mean, you could see Aguero could bench for that match just to, just to inject a little fear in everybody's minds. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, couldn't he be? I mean, I, I know that our Argentina's, you know, they're battling for a World Cup spot. After this game week, you've got, you know, two international games in South America. The, they're going to be coming off a Barcelona match where Pep's already said that Aguero's going to start that match. They're home to Middlesbrough. I mean, he might just put the pedal to the metal, Pep, but he might also think, okay, I'm, why even risk Aguero for this match? Let me just, let's just, let's just rest him or give him 30 minutes because uh, he's about to go play, you know, probably the full 90 twice overseas. Josh, the only scarier thing you could tell our listeners was that FBI director James Comey just opened up a, a case against Sergio Aguero. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I, I like the way that we're just injecting political stuff. I mean, we're, we're so close to it right now, and, and I'm so like I'm so mad at so many different people. I mean, there's like I'm, I'm mad at Comey. I'm mad at um, I'm mad at what's Anthony Weiner. It's <laughs> everybody. I'm mad at like everybody right now. It is truly hilarious. Yeah, let's not even get into that. Let's not talk about Anthony Weiner. Let's talk about Matic. So Matic is somebody who who's popping up in that discussion that I was having last week about uh, that borderline fourth, fifth midfielder. He's at 5.0, and he's currently on five assists this season, which is. I think we talked about, we joked about this last week, if we had to guess how many assists Matic was on. And I think I said zero and you said one or something like this. He's on five (laughs) assists. Yeah. Five million nailed on midfielder in the forum team. Is that a guy that maybe you consider? That's that's not really considered coverage for Chelsea, though. It isn't. I wonder if Conte is a... Conte is a player who might even be more interesting because he was so highly owned at the start of the season that because everybody's dropped him now, he's actually he's still owned by fourteen point five percent of managers. But I bet like he's, I bet like two thirds of those are dead teams. Yeah. Um, and if you look at his history, I mean, he only has one goal on the season, but I think in this three five two formation, there's a little more space for him to. He's to been get getting forward, forward a lot. Uh, he yeah. the problem with him is he just can't shoot, and that was a testament to how terrible Manchester United were against right. Chelsea. That Conte basically just walked that ball into the goal. I, I kind of like Conte at four point eight million. I mean that's that is not a bad like especially if you have if you have the self control not to start him and really only play him when the fixtures are fantastic, yeah. then I think he might be an interesting option. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Uh, I I also would go Conte over Matic at this point. It does save you a little bit of money, and Conte does have... He's he's just got a little more pizzazz. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that uh, I think Hazard is going to come in. I think I'm going to drop Sterling. It's probably going to come back to haunt me, but whatever. <laughs> Could Hazard just, really I, bite yeah. you three times in the space yeah. of a year? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's possible. I mean, I, I did get a goal and uh, like three bonus points from him earlier in the season, so yeah. it it hasn't been a complete disaster. Okay. Uh, hey, yeah, hey. we'll see. And and Antonio is a player I think I actually probably want to keep now because this Stoke team is now like they're they're gonna they have like three injured players. It's like uh, Arnautovic uh, picked up his fifth yellow, so he can't play over the weekend. Uh, Shakiri is now an injury doubt. Jeff Cameron can't play. I mean, that's a match where West Ham could score like four goals. Yeah, it's true. I'm curious to see how losing Arnautovic changes the impact of Joe Allen. I. I don't know if it's it's if it's anything to really get scared about if you're a Joe Allen yeah. owner, but I want to see a, I want to see a two man strike force next week. I want it to be Peter Crouch and Joe Allen leading the line, fire and ice. <laughs> I, I actually I want him to I, I but I want I want Joe Allen to actually ride on Peter Crouch's shoulders. <laughs> Well, that would be that would be incredible. <laughs> sort of like he was a uh, riders of the Rohan, just like uh, <laughs> heading into battle, just like with just this this like screaming battle cry. Uh, so okay, we talked about uh, Costa, Hazard, Modic. Uh, any Pedro? What do you think about Pedro? He's seven point one million. It's kind of in a weird price. I'm. Uh, I'm st- I'm still yeah. not convinced that Pedro has taken that position away from William yet, though the pace at which Chelsea seems to play on the break does suit a guy like Pedro. Pedro right. seems to have the the mind that suits Conte's system. However, William is, is undoubtedly a more gifted footballer. So I guess that's sort of like some cognitive dissonance that's happening there for me. Yeah. I mean, given how they're playing, they probably stick with the form, like with the with the rotation they've got right now. But One would guess, uh, and I could see how yeah. it makes sense, where Pedro now starts and they try to bang in the goals that they need, and then William is the 65th-minute substitution that helps um, become more metronomic and and yeah. sort of settle settle the possession down a bit. And, and this is like not really a fantasy issue, but it, you know, it speaks to the depth that you were talking about earlier. They, they have Oscar and William now on the bench. I mean, that's 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 a real luxury to have players that that talented on the bench. I mean, say what you will about Oscar, but Oscar does a lot of great things on the on the pitch. You know, I mean, he he can't really shoot, but you know, he can do everything else. Hey, Oscar, the MLS is calling your name. Stop. <laughs> Stop dicking around on Chelsea and come yeah, play. Come, come play with Kaka at Orlando City FC. You know, I was going to say Chicago Fire. Either one, do it. Make it happen. I, I mean, I know. I, I, I am. I'm a little bullish on Victor Moses right now. I think he's got more goals in him in the next couple of months, and yeah. I think he's just getting started. Five point five. That is. That is, uh, I'd have to choose between Gundawan and Victor Moses. Okay, that there's a question I'll pitch to you, Josh. So I'm going to move Kapu out and free up a little bit of money, and I need to find a solid fourth midfielder so Darun doesn't get any ideas on my squad. Uh-huh. Victor Moses or Gundawan? God, that is a great question. Uh, I. That's a really good question. I think it's a very tough call. I, Moses, okay, so this is, a, you know, I feel like we've had this conversation a lot on the podcast this season, which is that you know, these players who have been very inconsistent for 
their Premier League careers have been in these really good runs of form this season. We've seen it with Joe Allen and with, with you know, Etienne Capoue and just players who, I mean, now granted those players are defensive players and, and Moses tends to be an attacker, but Victor Moses has never, I mean, going back to his time at Wigan, Victor Moses, and then and then the endless loans, right? I mean, from yeah. Wigan to, 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 you know, he played for, he was for Liverpool Stoke City, for a while, yeah. Stoke City, all over the place, and he's never really been a consistent performer. And, you know, could it just be that he, you know, never really clicked with a team as talented as, as, as Chelsea? I mean, when you're a team like that, you know, opportunities are going to present, them, present themselves that aren't otherwise available when you're like, you know, really being, I mean, like when he was at the, that was the kind of the, the, the bad, the bad times with, with Rogers, you know, where that, that Liverpool team was not clicking at all. Yeah. So I think that, um, I, I feel like I'm not as convinced on, on him. And I, I feel like Gundogan is maybe a little more interesting to me. And that could just be because I've seen so much Man City the last few game weeks. And I just love how well he seems to fit. And don't you system, see right? Gundogan filling it? He, he's sort of like the new David Silva on that team. Silva seems to be fading away. And even though Gundogan is meant to be a little deeper lying, he is, he's darting into the box. He's, yeah. he's a bit central. I don't expect a lot of goals from Gundogan, but I, I think that he could pick up quite a few assists over the season. And I don't know, as a fourth, you know, as a fourth midfielder, it's it's not a bad option. I mean, he's kind of maybe until Snodgrass gets healthy. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that you're going to have Gundogan for 30 weeks or whatever, 28 weeks. But I think that um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a pretty kind run of fixtures coming up for Man City. Uh, I guess the concern there, there's there's always a little bit of a rotation risk with him. You know, yeah, I mean, his minutes are a bit of a concern. Yeah. And sometimes with a fourth midfielder, you want someone like Snodgrass. I mean, I know he's injured right now, but when healthy, you want you want a guy who's going to play every single game week because they just don't have the depth not to play him. Right. Because I, I don't want Fletcher getting close to the pitch ever. Right. Like that's like a guaranteed two points. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. I mean, it, but Moses could be the same way. I mean, do we do we really know that Moses is going to start every game week? I, I don't think so. Yeah. All right, I, we're about to move on and, and tackle a lot of other questions here. But before we do, I'm not satisfied with our Costa talk. Okay. So let's just settle this once and for all for our listeners. So Diego Costa has sort of like flaunted this yellow card tightrope for <sighs> now, I think, four game weeks. Yeah. And he's continuing to score goals and play exceptionally well. And he's playing positive football as, as opposed to his um, sort of um, – enlisting his dark arts yeah i feel kind of i don't know what to do about costa you know i mean i just his price is is prohibitive at this point because now we've already sort of built our teams around other players and at 10.4 costa is difficult to bring in now as uh, a poor soul such as myself who still has ibrahimovic in my squad Maybe the question, well, not maybe, the question I'm asking myself is Lukaku or Diego Costa, do I bring in? Yeah. I think I would bring in, well, I would bring in Costa because I like the fixtures more for Chelsea long term. I, they, you know, they, they play Everton and Middlesbrough the next two game weeks, both good fixtures, and they have, they have Spurs and Man City back to back. Uh, but after that, they go on a run of five fantastic fixtures West Brom, Sunderland, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, and Stoke. Uh, all of those are captainable fixtures, right? Fixtures where you can you can just go, you could safely captain Hazard or or cost any of those matches. Yeah. And they don't have they don't have Champions League commitments. They don't have Europa League commitments. 
there's no reason why he's not going to play. And you, I mean, the, the downside is eventually he's going to get that fifth yellow card. Yeah. And you're going to lose him for a week. But that's just that, that might it's I think it's worth the risk. Yeah, I I don't know. They're virtually identical in my mind right now. Like I think about Lukaku looked so good over the weekend. He was dribbling through that entire West Ham team, and 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 then of course then I look at Costa and he scored one of the goals of the weekend. Just the, that beautiful peach of a of a curler. Yeah, I I guess it does come down to the fixtures. So may, maybe it is Costa, but I. It's it's just like a toss up for me. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's he's, he's leading the league in goals. I mean, there's no reason not to. <laughs> it's just a you know the way it's worked out. I mean, I I put my eggs in the Charlie Austin basket instead of instead of Costa when I when I could have moved Ebert to Costa you know very easily and I'm I'm certainly regretting it a little bit now but you know I still feel good about Austin long term. So, yeah, there's your Chelsea discussion, Brandon. Lots to think about. Um, don't let it ever be said that we didn't talk about Chelsea on this podcast. <laughs> we, we see you, Chelsea. <laughs> All right. So let's, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do – we've got a lot of transfer talk questions. We're going to do it. We're going to do a lightning round style. We're going to blast through them. Uh, it's going to be intense. It's going to be fast. Uh, I need more beer, I think. All right. Same old podcast, always shading. Transfer talk, Brandon. I've broken it down into a few different categories. First category is defense. Alex Waterbaby says, what about defense, boys? Budgets we should spend, must-haves, clean sheets of the next several game weeks. Would be great to hear your thoughts. This is a tough one because uh, there are no long-term bets as far as defense, as far as I can tell. I mean, Spurs... Spurs have a tremendous defense, but they've got the North London Derby coming up, and they have Chelsea uh, two weeks after that. Um, their fi- but their fixtures pick up uh, incredibly well when we get closer to the fest- festive period. You know what player I would love to have for the next five or six game weeks is Christian Fuchs. Yeah. He has been in, in great attacking form, and Leicester play West Brom, away to Watford, home to Middlesbrough, away to Sunderland in the next four fixtures. It's true. I mean, that goal he scored two weekends ago was was incredible. But yeah, you, Leicester, Leicester looks like they're finally getting a little bit of their mojo back. I think we'll know more after they play their Champions League fixture this week. But. Yeah, that was, that was a good, I mean, it was a good, it was a well-fought 1-1 draw for Leicester. I mean, they have to be, are, you know, they have to be pretty... Happy about that. I mean, that is a, you know, they, they play, they, they felt like the Lester of old a little bit. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it's finally time to bring your eyes back to John Stones. So he, he's, he has been a whipping boy for this entire season, but they, uh, he got his first clean sheet last weekend. And, uh, I think it was his first clean sheet. Anyway, he ended up with seven points and City just have a great run coming up. Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Burnley until they get to Chelsea in game week 14. And I can see it coming together for them. The, this Pep team was not going to be a laughing stock for very long. And I think once they get it right, they'll have it right for a while. Yep, I think that I think that's a good pick. I think that uh, I think Spurs are a team that you could um, you can continue to look at. It seems like they, they play everybody pretty tough and. Uh, they're in kind of a t- it's it's like a back and forth run the next few game weeks. Um, you know they have the North London Derby obviously next weekend, uh, but then they have they have West Ham and Swansea at home in two of the next three fixtures. So um, you know I, I do like Kyle Walker for those. I mean, how do you feel as a Kyle Walker owner? It's been a little rough the last couple of game weeks. 
I mean, it it is rough. frustrating. I should say, not not rough exactly, but like lots of late goals and second half goals. Yeah, I mean, he he miraculously got a bonus point to give me three over the weekend. I'm I'm fine with it. I am a little concerned about Kyle Walker and this rough patch of fixtures that I mentioned when we kicked off this segment. Like to play Kyle Walker against Arsenal over the weekend, I really have no idea. I mean, my defense is really kind of. I don't have a rotation for this weekend. I've got Mustafi and Walker heading into a heated North London derby. Now, granted, one of those guys, or or frankly, both of them could keep a clean sheet, but I doubt it. There's always going to be yellow cards in a heated rivalry like that. And that that Chelsea fixture, it's away at Stamford Bridge in game week 13. I can't expect anything from that. Again, away to Old Trafford Trafford in 15. I think if you're not... In, invested in Spurs right now, I think just just lay off until we get to the closer to the festive fi- uh, fi- uh, festive fixture period where it does really pick up. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, what about Liverpool? Try- so Liverpool have a great no. run of fixtures. It's just insane how incapable they are. If you bring in Liverpool, if, if you are bringing in Liverpool defenders, you are only bringing them in for their attacking potential. I mean, they cannot keep it. They can't defend set pieces. They give up crazy, fluky goals. I mean, Alberto Moreno picking up a bonus point is one of the one of the more out. I mean, it's it. It's not that it wasn't technically accurate, but just the fact that <laughs> the system is set up that a player that who played that badly on defense in that match. I mean, I, I watched the whole 90. He was awful. Other than that assist he picked up in the 20th minute or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I the, just, the, you know, it, it was ridiculous. The commentary picked up on it and that he was, he looked great the first half when it was like um, a lot of Liverpool getting forward. He looked sensational until he was asked to defend. And then right. he looked absolutely awful. I mean that the whole defense is just it's just a complete joke, and it's amazing that two of their defenders scored goals. Uh, yeah, but I, I would not be investing in that Liverpool defense. They just can't keep clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Burnley is a team that you might want to look at. I mean, they they play Crystal Palace at home, uh, game week eleven. They play West Brom away. Then uh, they've got Bournemouth at home, game week fifteen. Stoke away, game week fourteen. So they're, they they do have a Man City fixture there, but four of the next five are are pretty good. All right, Andrew Ferguson asked, surely we will be taking money out of defense now and spreading it around clean sheets near impossible to predict whilst the premium mids and strikers are smashing it. I mean, what I say to Andrew is, it's true, the clean sheets are impossible to predict, but um, it's not that the mids and strikers are impossible to predict likewise, but they're all smashing it. Every single one of them are smashing it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so it's less, high and low. I don't even know who to pick. Yeah. I so, think, yeah, I, mean, I, I would yeah. never argue to just take yeah. all the money out of your defense because I, I, I think that those are those are those, those that's where a lot of my points have been coming from the last few weeks. De Gea clean sheet, Ashley Williams came through with a clean sheet for me. Yeah, I mean the the North London clubs didn't do it this weekend. You know, Arsenal and, and Spurs both gave up goals, but uh, you know, I mean those those teams have had several clean sheets. You know, it was at five and five of the first ten they've had clean sheets, and I think Chelsea just joined them this weekend. So, um, you know, I think that. Um, I think the the clean sheet. We're starting to figure out who who can play pretty good defense, and I think you know, as you said, maybe Man City is finally figuring it out a little bit. Um, I'm still not. I'm I'm not totally convinced because, I mean, West Brom. You know, they're just not a. Uh, th- that is a game where they really should keep a clean sheet. 
All right, we briefly touched on their defense, but the next question is about Liverpool. George Allen asks, is having Bobby and Philippe, meaning uh, Firmino and Coutinho, I assume, at Liverpool too much? No, definitely not. Yeah, uh, I was any, say, that's any, a trick question. Yeah, I mean, you must you must be really feeling kind of frustrated right now, Brendan, having Lallana. I mean, just given given what you're seeing from Firmino and Coutinho right now. Yeah, it's less frustration having Lallana and more that I'm doubled up on Arsenal midfield with, I mean, Walcott was a bit of a fluke this weekend because he didn't play, but Ozil and Walcott versus Firmino and Coutinho right now, it looks like Liverpool is, is going to run away with it. Uh, so yeah, I, I do feel bummed about that. <laughs> uh, Nicholas O said, I might finally be recognizing the need for Liverpool and midfielder. Who do I go for if I have money for any of them? Or should I keep Sun? Uh, I, I, I would go for Coutinho. And, um, I, you know, there have been times when I've been a little uh, less less uh, than enthusiastic about Coutinho. But just seeing the way that he played over the weekend, I mean, he's 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 throwing in – I mean, his his – his crosses are unbelievable. Like the, the corners that he was sending in were fantastic. And it just seems like he's doing a little bit of everything now. And it's like, he's kind of, he's like, t- he's taken up his shooting boots a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, although he almost had a great header in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like he's really, he's getting everybody else involved. And it, it, it's, he really looks like a fantastic, like a complete player right now. Like, the, like he's so good that like you could see him moving to a bigger club at the end of the season, not the Liverpool are in a big club, but you know, you could see him going to, you know, Real Madrid or something like that. If he keeps it up. I agree. The way Firmino is playing in that system is his movement is crucial, but is he's it's not crucial that Firmino actually touches the ball. Right. He's, he's so active up front that he's, you know, and on a good day for me, it, it makes uh, Lalana able to get into the box. But any way you slice it, Coutinho will always be touching the ball in that play. And if he's not uh, striking it, he's looking for the assist. It's got to be Coutinho. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, really, I think you could, you could go ahead and have two. Now, uh, Simon uh, on Twitter asks a very funny question. Where do we stand on Sturridge? Uh, I like I mean, Sturridge. Was there, a, was, was, is there any doubt about Sturridge at this point that yeah. this guy's career at Liverpool is over? Pretty much. I mean, this guy is going to go play for – what's his next club? If you had to predict the next club for Daniel Sturridge, what would you pick? I mean, he'd look pretty good uh, at West Ham right now. West Ham. Oh, wouldn't that be? Oh, but like, would West Ham really bring in another injury-prone striker? <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> They've already got Andy Carroll. Um, yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, what about I, like New? If Newcastle got promoted, wouldn't that be cool? If Newcastle brought in Daniel Sturridge, listen, Newcastle's going to get promoted on the shoulders of Mitrovic, and they're going to ride him all the way to the Premier League title. <laughs> Yeah, or Dwight Gale who scored like twenty-seven goals. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see him going and being being the big, the big, the big cheese at a promoted club next season. I don't know. I Did, feel like you ever heard the you ever heard the expression uh, like someone rose to the level of their incompetence? Yeah. Uh, I think that Dwight Gale has descended to the level of his competence. <laughs> he is, that man was made to score goals in the championship. Uh, I mean, Swansea, they have a bit of a striker issue there. I don't think they can afford him, though. It's true. I mean, I think I think Sturridge is – obviously, he's he's been a great striker at Liverpool in seasons past. He's got a bit of a gift, but he, he, <laughs> he needs to exist within a very narrow system that suits him. Otherwise – and this is what happened to him at Chelsea – he's out. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, he helps if, he, if he's with a super creative attacking player like Luis Suarez. It makes him look, uh, you know, it's he's. Uh, but who doesn't look good next to a guy like Luis Suarez, right? Uh, okay, quick, uh, quick. Uh, I don't even know what you call this exactly. Diversion. Uh, diversion. Uh, Mahesh says, "Name your top three TV shows ever." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's not uh, spend too long on this. Yeah, so TV shows. All right, this is getting personal. This is sort of be, be, behind the curtain. What what are we, me and Josh, about in our real lives? We know we we both have the same number one. So let's just let's just put that out there. <laughs> well, I thought I thought about this in terms of like show favorite shows that I would actually go back and rewatch. And if I think about my favorite shows that I want to watch again, they're all comedies. Like I'm fan. I'm a fan of. Like all the big dramas, like Breaking Bad and The Wire, sure, and all sure. and, and all that. But I think about my favorite comedy shows that I would love to watch again and again forever, and it's Eastbound and Down. It's Seinfeld, which I basically quote Seinfeld on a daily basis. Yeah, if Seinfeld is not your number one, I'd be I'd be <laughs> stunned. And uh, I promise I'm not just trying to. Um, I'm not just trying to cater to our British listeners, but Peep Show is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Peep Show is out there for me, too. I, I might go Seinfeld, Peep Show, and The Simpsons. Now, you're not as big a Simpsons fan as I am, but I having you know, having this one-month-old baby now in the house, I, I just walk around with her singing ba- like Simpsons songs, like these <laughs> – um, these little songs from the Simpsons, like see my vest and, uh, baby on board, which is from when they were a little, a barbershop quartet. And, um, yeah, they're like, they're like perfect little, like 90 second nuggets. They're, they're perfect for trying to get a baby to fall asleep. <laughs> so let, let's just move on from there. Peep show Seinfeld. Uh, and then, and then one, one other one. If you haven't seen Eastbound and down and you're a, a big sports fan, I mean, speaking of washed out athletes, like Daniel Sturridge will, will be at some point in his life. It's a fantastic show. Yeah, and just and just trust that we're also the kind of, like we we've seen the wire and and breaking you know all the stuff you have to see. Sure, I think Mad Mad Men would probably be my favorite dramatic show. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as high in Mad Men as you are. All right, uh, a few questions in general transfer talk. James McCauley says Hull have not scored a point since benching Jakubovich. Coincidence? Use the power of the pod to get him starting again. Okay, Josh, hold, let's hold hands and let's think really hard about. I was okay. So here's here's what I here's how I cosmically think we'll get Jakubovich back into the lineup. So the new planet that was introduced in the most recent Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, was Jakku. Uh-huh. So <laughs> if we think about how successful that movie was, pretty successful movie, I think uh-huh. that I think that Jakubovich should be equally successful. I think he will come into into the lineup in the next four weeks. Okay, like the timed with with the release of the, new with the Star release Wars. of the Death, Death Star movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think you probably need to sell Jakubovich at this point. Yeah. Uh, James McCauley says, "I knew better than to trust a spud." Now I don't know if if he meant to say spur and there was an, it was typo or no, I think that, don't I like think that's uh, I think that's the nomenclature in certain okay. peri- right. areas. So, I knew better than to trust a spud, but did it anyway and got burnt. Son plus one million in the bank. Where do I look? You look to Liverpool. You bring in a, another. You bring in either a Liverpool midfielder or another Liverpool midfielder. I I do not think having two is too many. Yeah, I do feel bad. I mean, when when you were away on your paternity leave, Josh, that was the height of son madness and. We sort of fell hook, line, and sinker. He looked so good in that team, and 
it it is an interesting case study in, in how there are players like this every season that just sort of dip in and out. Yeah, yeah. Starting eleven says, uh, "Hey, hail cheaters! Which big, which big names are most likely to not get ninety minutes this weekend after playing in the Champions uh, and Europa League?" The only team that really sticks out to me, well, okay, Leicester, I think doesn't really count here because uh, no one really has their players anymore. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Man City is the concern, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah, I I am a little worried about Aguero's rotation because, you know, as we got really high on Aguero after that West Brom match and we're like, he's back. But no, the reason we were so down on him was we saw a little bit of rotation. We saw a little bit of concern in how Pep wanted to play him. And I don't want us to go from zero to 60 and then crash the car right. immediately after that. I think if he plays in Barcelona and, and you know, and he plays well, I, I don't mean to totally sow the the fear that he's not going to start in that match. I mean, I, I think that what, what's more likely to happen is that he plays like 62 minutes or something like that. You know, he, he comes out there and Pep just wants him to like stay in form, you know, smash Middlesbrough, like make sure they don't have a shot, you know, and then you know, they'll go up like four, nothing or four, one or something like that. And then he'll 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 go out in the sixty second minute, and then Nolito will come on and vulture two goals like in the eightieth minute. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget it, it wasn't like Man City was in scorching league form before West Brom; they were struggling, and the league is still a huge concern for Pep and that team. And you're absolutely right; they're they need to smash Middlesbrough. They need to continue to make big statements in the league while they're getting chased by Liverpool and Chelsea who don't have European commitments. Yes, so I, exactly. I, I do have faith that Aguero stays in the rotation, but it's, it's the midfielders, like you were saying, that's it's Sterling and, and the rest of that rotating cast that could be concerns. Arsenal, Loge. Arsenal, I, I would, I'm watching Walcott because unlike you, I still have him in my midfield and it looks like he's not going to travel for Champions League, which presumably means he plays in the Derby come the weekend. Yes, uh, I, I would think so. I mean, you know how it is with an Arsenal player. I mean, these these little you know minor injuries suddenly turn into you know two months on the bench. So yeah, but there are there's yeah, so no we'll way that Wenger isn't playing Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil against Spurs on the weekend. So yeah, yeah, and absolutely. defensive yeah. rotation not really a thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, our, our, our Wenger in, in general plays his, his best eleven when 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 he can. I mean, I guess he's been playing uh, Kieran Gibbs a little bit in these Champions League matches. But the question now is whether Giroud starts to crack that rotation a little bit too. Uh, Martin Uhr on uh, Twitter said, "Am I totally crazy thinking about replacing Ibra instead of Costa with Giroud?" Now, I don't. At this point, replacing Ibra with anybody is not crazy at all. It's a totally reasonable thing to do. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I don't. I'm not sure Martin uh, fully articulated himself here. He might, and I might be misunderstanding him. But I think that Giroud is not a player I necessarily would bring in yet because I'm not even sure that he's going to start. Yeah, I mean, even no. even though he scored those two goals. Yeah, I don't, he doesn't quite fit that team right now, and I, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. It is absolute insanity with Ibrahimovic right now. It is freaking insane. I mean, we don't need to discuss the type of form that he's in. I cannot get rid of this guy. They're coming up against Swansea on the weekend. And I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got this Dini thing that I told, that I promised uh, my board of directors that I get them out of after a week. I, I've got a, I've got a Kapu situation going on. 
Who does Watford play? Uh, game they 11? play Liverpool. So I guess D- oh, D- yeah, <laughs> you can keep Deeney for that. Yeah, um, but I, I know Ibra Ibra against Swansea versus say Costa and Lukaku against each other. Right. It's a strange one. I mean, I I it's it's I guess crazy to recommend sitting on Ibra. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that is a tough one. So for Martin, I yeah, I think that we might be leaning toward maybe just sit tight for one more week, particularly, I mean, most particularly with Giroud to see what happens with the rotation. Uh, Nick Wright says, if Rebin and Austin is too much Southampton, which one do you prefer? I'd like to get one in for Belasi or Benteke. And uh, I, you know, Rebin, I owned him. I, he's a streaky player, and he he's looked a little better the last couple game weeks. But I would keep Belasi. I mean, I, I don't really, I, I wouldn't, I don't understand the rush to get rid of Belasi because, He's a funny player. I mean, he's so um, he he just plays with so much energy, and he like he almost once he once he like got the assist on that uh, Lukaku goal. It was like he was kind of he, he was, was like done. He, with, he was like a kid with too much sugar. Yeah, he he yeah he kept losing possession off on the touchline, and he, yeah. he sort of unravels. But he's a great player, and I, I, I would, I, I mean, I'm really impressed with Velocity so far this season. I mean, even from like a non-fantasy point of view, I just love the way that he, that he fits into that team. And uh, so I think that uh, Benteke to Austin is a great move. Um, Southampton's fixtures are about to get a bit kinder. It's it's still a little mixed, but uh, you know they're way to hole in uh, in game week eleven. And I, that's expect, a I expect picture. that's what Nick is thinking about. And you know, word of caution, I fell into this uh, hole. Um, with my Watford transfer over the weekend, and I, I mean Southampton and Watford are are different teams altogether. And I Southampton has a lot of quality there, and you'd expect them to do a little better against Hull. But but still, I wouldn't go rearranging your team just to face up Southampton against Hull. Yeah, uh, Brandon, that's it. Let's 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 do a quick game week eleven preview, and then let's get out of here. Let's optimize for game week eleven. Optimize. Step into the optimizer. Question from Jeff Petter. Easy question this week. Give your predictions for next week's AC Showstoppers matchup between Josh and myself. Yeah, I, I, I took an L this game week. I, I'm, at, I'm at four and six. It's, it's actually pretty tightly packed right now. Uh, you could five and four was enough to crack the top ten. So uh, I was at four and five going to this game week. I lost this week. Uh, I'm going to predict that Jeff beats me. I uh, <laughs> I don't really know why I'd even set myself up to say that I'm going to beat him. <laughs> Jeff, you're I'm sure you're uh, I'm sure you're going to win. And if I if I happen to pull it out, that's a that's a that's a happy little gift for me. I think you're going to beat Jeff's ass this game week. <laughs> yeah, like 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 60 points. Yeah, I uh I'm not doing so hot myself in the AC Showstoppers League. I dropped out of the top 10. Now I'm 5-1 and 4 and I, I I took an L to George Haas over the weekend and I've got Jason Hicks coming up. It's so tough, Jason Jason I'm coming for you. Uh, transfer plans this game week, Brandon. You're, you're, you're talking about dropping the, the, the great Brazilian Troy Dini. Is that, is that still on the table? Actually, I think it might be the Brazilian Capoue. Hmm. Um, Dini, I, I mean, we, we were kind of joking about, well, Watford is playing Liverpool. And of all the, if all the mates on Watford that might score against Liverpool, I think it's Dini. I mean, I could see if... If Moreno gets to start again for Liverpool, him hacking somebody down in the box. Sure, sure. Uh, 
I mean, okay. So Kapui so, Kapui Joe Allen is a move that makes sense. Yeah, I'm really debating burning four on a transfer, and I could turn Kapui into Kapua. I am not getting on the Kapui bandwagon. No, it's Kapu. Oh, I think they're going to burn. Tra- bur- I think they're going to burn four, and then just and then turn him into himself. It's like what a what a move. Yeah, so Maverick. <laughs> that would be the ultimate sign of power if you were just burning points to transfer a guy out and then back in. Now, I, I consider burning four to turn Kapu into a proper fourth midfielder, like a Gundawan or um i mean not or, or victor moses even i don't know or walcott has to turn into a liverpool midfielder mm-hmm. and that would that would also require two transfers because i need to downgrade dini to somebody hey here's maybe maybe what i need to do is downgrade dini back to sam vokes <laughs> just yeah go on I, I think you should still burn four to turn Kapua into Kapu. but <laughs> <laughs> what what the the long-term plan here though is Ibra just keeps getting a stay of execution and I think I want to hold on to Ibra to see what happens in that Swansea match I mean yeah. lol Ibra stinks he's just like or he has terrible luck one or the other but I think I need to hang on to Ebra for one more week and there the money will come from Ebra. So I don't want to go messing with my budget too much until I drop Ebra. So okay. I, I think it's just cent- centered on Kapu at the moment with the assumption that Walcott's healthy going into the weekend. Okay. I, I like that. I, I, I think my move is probably, I, I think I am going to go Sterling to Hazard and I am still a little on the fence about it. I guess it just depends on what happens in this in this Barcelona match uh, midweek. And uh, I'm going to wait until after the Champions League matches are over. Um, I'm really hoping that Charlie Austin does not play in the Europa League match for Southampton. He hasn't been playing in these matches. He played a full um, ninety over the weekend. I think. He did, which is which is it was a good sign. So yeah. I I you know, but if he played the full ninety in the Europa League, there's no way he, he might not even start uh, at way to Hull. So. Uh, I'm hoping that he uh, he doesn't play, stays healthy. I'm I'm sure Ben Dinnery is going to like list like three injured players for me on Friday. So we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. I think Antonio is my Ibrahimovic who might somehow get another stay of execution, despite how frustrating he's been. Uh, what uh, about clean sheets, Brandon? What's your what's your clean well, sheet b- pick? Before we pick? move on to clean sheets, I want to talk to you about this Chelsea Everton matchup. I mean, Chelsea is is the form team. And Everton, they do have a, a few weak spots. How do you how do you see Hazard matching up against that Everton team? Well, I'm I'm not blown away by Everton's defense, to be to be totally honest with you. And you know, I mean, they're it's a little unsettled at the moment, anyway. I mean, they're sort of you know, Jaggy Elka is is he is he in that squad? I mean, he's kind of you know, he came on as a sub in their in their match of the weekend and. I mean, you know, I think I don't know. It's they still don't have Baines. I mean, I think that's that could be a problem. Um, I mean, we did, we saw how well Chelsea played against a team that didn't have, you know, two particularly strong uh, fullbacks. And I'm not sure that I feel that great about. I mean, you know, I mean, I love Seamus Coleman, but he's he's more of an attacking fullback than a defensive fullback. So I mean, Coleman, Coleman uh, made some really great uh, uh, recovery tackles over the weekend, and I thought Oviedo looked he looked bright. You know, he, yeah, I, I, I just lot. feel like, I feel like West Ham was, was, was unlucky not to score two or three in that match. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, they had a couple really good goals. I mean, Steckland or not Steckland, but Robles, who mm-hmm. randomly got the start, uh, had a fantastic match. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, I think they would have scored one or two goals. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right there. All right, clean sheet. So hear me now. I predicted that Man City would get a clean over the weekend against West Brom. And I'm going with Crystal Palace, who is playing at Turf Moor over the weekend. But oh. I, I do believe they can prevent Burnley from scoring. That's an unreal pick. I can't. Burnley's going to score like three goals in that match. <laughs> you think so? Why? I just I have no faith in that Crystal Palace defense right now. They're terrible. I mean, I mean as, as, yeah. and the Burnley offense is in like scorching form. They're better at home. I mean, they they did they did beat Liverpool two nothing earlier this season. All right, all right. So we'll, we'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go Southampton away to Hull City. I think that's a oh that's, that's a mess. Such a maverick pick. <laughs> it's a little maverick. <laughs> I didn't pick like Man United or something. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right. So captaincy choices. Perhaps we'll we'll uh, meet meet eye meet meet minds here. We won't meet eyes. It's a little too romantic. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm planning to captain Aguero, and I'll probably vice captain Charlie Austin. Yeah, Aguero for me too. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really see. It. So it's, we go from yeah. not knowing what to do with Aguero, then immediately finding ourselves in a situation where we can't not captain him again. Yeah, I mean, I think Coutinho at home uh, is, you know, against anybody right now is a pretty good captain choice. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, Watford has a pretty good defense, so it's not a sure thing, but I, I'm sure Liverpool will score a couple goals in that match. I'm really struggling, like I said earlier, having doubled up on Arsenal in my midfield. There, it, this The derby is so unpredictable. You know, either team could come out wildly ahead Yeah, in that match. I mean... Um, Arsenal does have the home field advantage, so that could point toward somebody like Sanchez having a really exciting match. But I don't. Yeah. I don't what know. about Darun? Is he a Maverick captain choice for this game week? Darun isn't quite Maverick enough for me. <laughs> you want to? It's really it's, it's the it's Kapue. It's the minus four. It's Kapu is going to be your captain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, no it, it's got to be a goal captain. It's got to be a goalkeeper captaincy to be Maverick in my mind. So, guy, yeah, yeah. Bob, if you're out there listening, this one's for you. Maybe Jakubovic, you know, really, really try to make it happen. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, Guy Yedwab, um, I have to give a shout out to him and his podcast, Moment of Magic, which I was a guest on er, last week, where I discussed my favorite football moments of magic so you can you can find that podcast on itunes and and soundcloud and listen to me wax poetic about what it means to be a fan yeah that's uh, he's it, i like i like guy's twitter feed a lot too he's, he's very funny on twitter he's a, i think he's moment of magic pod um at, on twitter yes i think we can agree that guy is is a cool dude and i think we can also agree josh that we've come to the end of our podcast we have. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, if you'd like, please leave us a review. Uh, find us on SoundCloud. You can follow us on SoundCloud, too, which I, I think actually helps us. There's some sort of SoundCloud re- recommendation metric that I'm now seeing and, uh, you know, helps us to uh, you know continue to grow our audience. So, um, you know, please, please find us there. And, uh, and the bigger we on- are, the better we are, which is good for you. <laughs> well, it makes it easier Somehow. for us to do this every week. I'll <laughs> say that much. Uh, Stitcher, uh, we're on there. We're on Google Play, Acast, and TuneIn, uh, all uh, various networks. So if, you, if you hate iTunes, and I'm certainly getting there myself, uh, there's a lot of other places to find us. Yeah, TuneIn's cool because it's a streaming service. Uh, and, I mean, I guess it's cool. I don't know. 
Check it. Check it out if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, speaking of ch- checking yep, things sorry. out, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter all the time at Hail Cheaters. Also find us on Facebook where you can see that cool Mitchard Maynard Photoshop. We're not giving the secret away. That's facebook.com slash always cheating. And uh, you can send us email at hailcheaters at gmail.com. You can find all that contact info- information on our website, alwayscheating.com, where our league code is. And you can still join our Hail Cheaters Super League, which we're now like close to 1,200 managers there, which is incredible. I, yeah, See? I think we've crossed over. Yeah, it's fantastic. So um, there you have it. I, I, I wish you good luck in game week 11, Josh. Yeah, same to you, Brandon. Uh, it was fun to tie with you this game week. Let's not let's make sure it doesn't happen again, though. One tie a season. Yeah, let's 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 admit it that tying is just completely um, uh, unsatisfying. <laughs> it is. Well, we we grew up as American sports fans. We're not yeah. used to tying. <laughs> All right, Josh. Hail cheaters. Yeah. Uh, praise Poku. Poku got some love there. <laughs> he did. Well, been a while. <laughs> I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.